Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. books by authorities on this subject who are obviously much more knowledgeable than me. Um, and I, I, I am surprised to say that I've only read a few chapters, a few pages really, of books that I plan to read in entirety. Um, but um, I, those will be available once we get all this together up on the blog. I'll have those listed in the resources because they really are, um, th that's the foundational place to go if you want to know more about this topic. These are just some of the things that the Lord laid upon my heart, specifically for our church. Um, and, you know, I asked PD if I could talk about it one day. He said, why don't you take three days? <laughs> and so here we are. So thank you guys so much for um, rocking with us and staying with me and, you know, um, listening. And hopefully you've gotten something out of it. I know I've gotten a tremendous amount out of um, just even preparing these teachings. So for those of us who um, may have not been here the past couple of weeks or maybe you missed a week, I will have a review that I'm going to go into. Um, so um, before I do that, I just want to open up in prayer. Okay, let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are so good to us. You have made ways for us. Even before the foundations of the world, even before you spoke a thing, you made provisions for us. And we are so grateful. Lord, we thank you for the example that you've been even from the beginning to speak a thing and do a thing. We are so honored to be a part of this family of believers, to be among the ransomed ones all across eternity who name you and who are saved and will be with you for all eternity and we thank you for the things that you've given us and left us here in the earth as we live out this portion of our kingdom lives father i thank you for this lesson i thank you for what you have wanted to do and i thank you for what you want to do today i thank you lord that your people are here and their ears are inclined to your words Lord, I thank you that every word that I say will be in line with what you have said. None of me but all of you. Make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, the very oracle of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you will be pleased with everything that is said and done here this day as you show us how our collective confession allows you to accomplish your will on earth. Not our will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So today, we are approaching confession from a collective standpoint as a family. Uh, specifically, um, this message is uh, talking about our church. We actually have a church declaration that we began um, saying, I don't know how long ago, honey, but it's been a while, but you'll get a moment because I'm actually going to bring him up here and interview him about the confession because 
Um, you know, I named those, well, I alluded to the authors in the books that um, I had set aside to prepare for this series, but I also have an in-house reference. My husband is Mr. Confession, y'all know that. So um, the fact that he wouldn't even allow me to speak on this topic um, is like mind-blowing to me. Um, but he's going to talk um, to us about our church declaration and why it's important. But I want to set everything up by going to the Word. So the first thing we're going to do is review the past couple of weeks. So we talked about confession in the beginning. We talked about how it's not the confession you think about um, in the Catholic Church with a priest and you just kind of confessing your sins. Now confession of sins is a part of confession, but that's not what we're talking about when we're um, going through um, these, this series. We have defined that confession is what you say all the time. It's not just you in a corner repeating the same words over and over again. It's not a mantra, a mantra rather, but it does include you saying the same things over and over, but that's not just what it is. Um, we define confession in the biblical definition translated from um, the Greek as agreement with God. Um, it's what we say all the time in any medium. Um, our first confession as believers actually is when we confessed Christ. You know, that we believed in our heart that God raised him from the day, dead and we confessed um, and we were saved, right? Then the second week we talked about meditation and we defined that as um, a, a subset of confession. Um, it actually means to moan, growl, speak, utter. That's what the biblical definition of meditation, the word that's translated into English as meditation, literally means. Um, in the Hebrew. So repetitions of the Word of God as a form of agreement with God's Word. So we see that meditation is also a form of confession. Um, it fuels our confessions and our faith, what we meditate on, right? And our meditations should be pleasing to God. They should be full of faith. Um, they should be honest, full of integrity. Um, so we're meditating on something that we actually believe or want to believe, not just for naught, you know? Um, what we memorize or give substantial time, space, or attention to, we begin to hide in our hearts. So we talked about that whole idea based upon scripture that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can locate a person by what they say. You can tell what's in a person's heart by just, person's heart by just listening to what they say. They'll tell on themselves because that's what they're storing there. It's what, so what we memorize or give substantial time or space or attention to in our minds, in our, you know, whatever, we begin to put that in our hearts and that begins to come out of us. And it can be the word, and if we're not careful, it won't be the word. It'll be something else. So we talked about words and how they matter in light of Scripture. Um, God's creative power, like we alluded to today, um, even as we sang in these lyrics, God's creative power, according to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. He spoke, and then the worlds were formed, right? So though words matter because that's the reason we're all here. And then words also matter for us because judgment of our words on that great day is part of what will happen when we see the Lord face to face. And he talks about, you know, our sins and, or, or, you know, our, the good things we've done. And, you know, he says, hey, good and faithful servant, you've done well, enter into the kingdom. But every word, every idle word, the word says, we'll be held accountable for everything we have said, good and bad and ugly. Right? An idle, most um, literally, every idle word, every word that did not have power. So words have power, we talked about, only because power has words. 
we talked about um, that based on Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, um, the word of his power. So it's possible also to speak the word yet have no power. We looked at it as scripture in Titus that talks about that. There's another scripture too that talks about how people say things but they deny the power of God. So words have power only because power has words. So what confession does? Confession brings your heart to the surface. Like we said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Confession brings conviction because when you're not lining up with what's already coming out of your mouth, you'll begin to be care more careful about what you say, right? Um, and then confession brings convergence. It's the place, it's the intersection where your prayers and, um, and what you're reading, what you believe, all comes together through what you're saying. What's really in your heart all converges and it comes out through what you say, right? So what you've placed there, what's important to you, um, the prayers that you've prayed, your faith, all of it converges in the things that we say. Then last week we talked about meditation and is, is our heart really with God and his word? You know, that, that scripture that as a man thinks, so is he. Because you can say one thing but be thinking another in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Are your meditations pleasing in his sight? Are you thinking about, are you rehearsing the things that are really pleasing to God? Are you thinking about a whole bunch of bull, pardon my French, and is that informing everything you do and everything you say? Um, Hebrews 6, uh, 11 and 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please him. So if our meditations aren't pleasing, that means that our meditations are not full of faith. So we are, if our meditations are pleasing to the Lord, if the things that we're thinking about are pleasing the Lord, if the things that we're saying are pleasing to the Lord, then they must be full of faith, right? Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So again, there's that intersection there. It's all about, because faith without works is dead. So we talked about how confession and meditation is a part of those works. If you really believe in God, in God and his word, you're going to be saying some things. You're going to be thinking some things. You're going to be doing some things. And then it becomes that circle of integrity that we talked about. You know, who you say you are, who God says you are, what you do, you know, what you're really doing, what you're really saying, what you're really thinking. <coughs> Faith or whatever we are really full of is made complete by our actions. So, you know, people can say all day, oh, I love the Lord and, you know, you know I'm a Christian. But if that's not in your life, if, if you don't come to church, you know, there's people who say, I love God. I got a relationship with God, but, you know, I don't believe in going to church. Hogwash. Because, you know, well, I don't know. People got their own little sex, so I don't know what they believe. Maybe that, that is a corner of the belief. I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, so <laughs> our meditations determine good success. We, we talked about Joshua 1, right? Um, and how he said, you know, do these things. Meditate on the word of God night and day, and then you'll have good success. So our meditations determine good success when we use them to agree with God's word and will concerning us. When those meditations produce or demonstrate our faith, um, when we develop corresponding actions in line with the word of God, so basically, you know, again, it's what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're reading, coming all together. And our meditations determine good success when we observe or watch over our words, when we watch what we say, basically, and when we look to the word first and foremost, not to greater or lesser human voices. So human wisdom is important, right? If you're going to be successful in any um, realm, then you need to listen to people who have been there and who are subject matter experts, right? You need to study what they have said. You don't need to go and reinvent the wheel. You need to you know, follow um, 
and, and improve upon things that have already been proven to be successful. And we know that to be true. Um, but look to the word first. Don't automatically go to those things. There is wisdom in the word. There's something that, can, that you can um, birth that the Lord and him alone can give to you that is not available in human voices. So don't listen to, don't, don't give place to human wisdom that should go to the wisdom of God. You understand what I'm saying? It's important. The Bible talks about how, there, how in the multitude of counsel there is safety. But the first and foremost source of counsel should always be the word of God. Amen. 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 And then also not to listen to foolishness and idle things over God and put idol idolatry and things like that, weakness over um, the word of God. Um, the scripture that we looked at talked about don't look to the right or to the left. That was in Joshua. And it was directly from God's mouth to Joshua's ears. Don't look to the right, which um, connotes human wisdom. Or look to the left, which um, connotes weakness or lesser voices. But look to me, look to my word, and then you will be successful. Um, also, our meditations determine good success when we allow ourselves to be encouraged, strengthened, and at peace. God repeatedly said to Joshua, be of good courage, be, be, uh, um, have courage, and be strong. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You know, it takes strength to do these things. You know, it's not for the weak or the faint of heart. But our meditations determine good success when we allow ourselves to be encouraged and strengthened and at peace because of the word of God and the things that he's told us to do, his instruction. So um, we also, this is my favorite slide of the series. <coughs> Dear Harry Potter Christian, your Bible is not a spell book. So you're not going to, so the idea is not to get the Bible out. We have one friend who calls it chicken foot theology, you know, and, and expressing my roots, showing my roots a little bit, being from the South. But, you know, you know, well, y'all know about rabbit's feet and, you know, how people have like these charms and these things that they say make them lucky or, you know, but then there's chicken foot theology. And that's like a reference to what we call where I'm from roots in your respective, you know, you know, the, the, you know what I'm talking about. Some people say, oh, it's voodoo, it's this and that. Where I'm from is roots, and it's a chicken foot, and they'll shake at you and try to cast a spell on you. There are people who are still, y'all know what I'm talking about. There are people who still do that and live by that code. I have relatives who still go down to Buford and get potions to put stuff on people. They will be delivered in Jesus' name. They're not close relatives, thank God. But I still have folk in my family who do that. Okay, but you're by, so we shouldn't appropriate the Bible to those types of practices or belief systems. Our Bible is not a spell book, but rather there's something supernatural that happens when we have the word of God stored up in our heart and we begin to speak out of that abundance. Um, even as God created everything that we behold with his words, when we understand that we have that same power, that life and death, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Amen? All right. So are y'all with me so far? That's the review. So you should be up to speed. Right, so we can dig in. Today, we're going to return to Joshua chapter 1 and highlight the response of the people to what God said and instructed um, Joshua. And then we're going to discover the power of one people with one language, people saying the same thing and what they're able to accomplish. We're also going to unpack KLM's church declaration. I'm going to have a very special guest, the under shepherd, the angel of this house, come up and talk to us about our church declaration a little bit. Um, and we're going to learn the importance of being of the same mind as a church when it comes to the kingdom. All right, so y'all ready to get in this? Okay, let's get in this. All right, so let's go to Joshua 1. And again, I just want to highlight that the name of this sermon is Let the People Say the Power of One People. Amen? All right. 
So Joshua 1, I have it here, but, um, you know, some folks rather um, follow in their Bible, and that's definitely okay. Um, but we're going to go ahead and get into this. God commissions Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. The one who never... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people, I love this, to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I'm going to read this again, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn away from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So we're going to go on. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now this is where we stopped before. We're going to go on. This is where Joshua turns to his officers. The word of the Lord has been given to him, and he commands the officers. He says, verse 10 says, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people. So he's delegated his authority. Now God just spoke all of this to him. And he's carrying the weight of this because he's speaking. You know, the, the Lord just told him, meditate on the word day and night. This is how you're going to be successful. And now he's preparing his people and delegating his um, officers. Prepare your provisions for within three days. You are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. So he had the officers speak to the people. Then he's going to turn and speak to another group of people. See, there. remember, there are 12 tribes, right, of Israel. 12 tribes. So right now in verse 12, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, two and a half tribes, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Now, what Joshua is talking about there is the land that they're currently in. Right now, they're on one side of the Jordan. They're east of the Jordan. The idea was to cross over and go to the west. Okay, so that was the plan. But about a year before this, these two and a half tribes asked Moses, because he was still alive, hey, we don't want to go over there with y'all. We want to stay right here. Okay, so this is what's going on here. Verse 13, I'm sorry, oh, wait, where's verse 13? Oh, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. 
Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them. Y'all understand what's going on here? You can stay there. You can stay here. You can stay in this land. But you're going to help the rest of us get over. Okay? <laughs> Until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. So they already where they're supposed to be. They're chilling. They're like, all right, we good. Y'all got to cross over. He's saying, but until your brothers can rest um, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Verse 16, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, I'm getting really hyped up about this passage. I'm going to bring you along with me because I don't want to get ahead of you. Let's go through this a little bit. Let's go back to verse 16. And they answered Joshua. They had a response to the instructions and to the message their leader provided. All that you have commanded us, we will go and do. And wherever, uh, this is going a little bit fast. I don't want it to keep going. What's going on here? Oh, yikes, I don't want the timer on there. So sorry about this, you guys, but it's, it's going through a little bit faster than I like. But they answered Joshua. So they had a response to the, the instructions and to the message their leader provided them. All that you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. They agreed to follow their leader. They were in agreement together. I think it's okay now. It's like it seems to be standing still. Yeah, thank you. I, don't, I, I might have been like unintentionally pushing it. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, only may the Lord your God be with you. So what we see here is that they blessed him. They said, oh, the Lord God be with you. Um, and then they also were expressing that their fellowship was contingent upon Joshua following God. And, you know, so we see a lot of things here. Whoever rebels against your command. So they seriously had his back even to the point of turning against the other folk in the two-and-a-half tribe camp. In other words, yeah, we got our land and we're good, but if there's anybody who doesn't want to go and is trying to hide and they're not trying to do what you said, we're going to kill them. I don't, you know, we don't want to focus on that. That's a little much. But only be strong and courageous. This is what got me. They were in the spirit and had a revelation of what God had said to their leader. The Bible doesn't talk about them being there when the word of the Lord was given to Joshua. But they, they turn around and say the same thing that God said to Joshua. They established the word Joshua had been given by God. So that, those are some of the things that I saw in that passage that I wanted to highlight. But another thing I want to look at, too, I'm going to go back a little bit here, if you bear with me. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words. So it's really important here for Joshua to do what the Lord told him to do and to stay in the word day and night and not depart from it and not keep it out of his mouth. These are people who are willing to kill their brothers and sisters for him 
if they don't follow the word. So it's really important. This is an extreme case for, you know, our context in this time. But it was really important for Joshua to be saying the right things and to be in line with the word of God. Because at his word, there were lives at stake. So we looked at Joshua 1. So now I want to look at Genesis 11, 5, and 5 through 7. Genesis 11, 5 through 7. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is, the, this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Maybe it might be beneficial for us to go back. Um, so, well, let's continue. Um, Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So this is Genesis 11. So what's happening here? Is everybody familiar with the Tower of Babel? Yes. Everybody remembers that story. So basically there were a bunch of people um, early on, way early on, um, closer to you know, Adam's side of you know, things than, than Jesus. And they decided that they wanted to build a tower to go up. And they were, they, they, at that time, according to scripture, everybody in the world spoke the same language. Um, so the Lord came to see what they were building. And he was like, wait a minute, they're, they're one people and they have one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. But I want to go back because um, I want to go to I think we need to go a little bit farther, um, a little bit farther back than that to see the context because there's something that's missing here. Uh, dare I ask for somebody's Bible? This is what I get for leaning on technology too much. We've been doing so well these past couple of weeks. I had everything written out. Um, but if we go to Genesis 11, there's something important here that this, just looking at this passage alone, we miss. I'm going to start at verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the whole face of the earth. Uh-oh, what's going on? Oh, oh no, no, no worries, no worries. So, yeah, I'm already in trouble up here, Alan. Don't, yeah, I know you're trying to help, but <laughs> I'm totally shook right now. <laughs> my, my little plan is, uh yeah, so anyhow, but thank you. No, that's great. Let's, let's read that again because I didn't. this translation was a little hard. So, um, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. So I want to stop there. Because you know it's bad when the unity of the Godhead recognizes a threat in the oneness of humanity. Like, you know, let's go get them because they're about to do this. Let's go and confuse them. 
So I guess the question that some of you might have for me, or for God, rather, is why would you not want the people to be one? Isn't that a good thing? Well, we know actually that that is not true because Jesus said that's exactly what we should be is one. So what I want to do now is look at John 17, and I'm going to show you the difference. I'm going to show you the difference here. Can we get to um, John 17, Alan? It's already in there, and I should be good from here, hopefully. No more technical difficulties. So this is John 17, 6 through 26. This is at the end when Jesus was like, you know what, Father, I've, you know, I've done everything. And this is like one of his final prayers before everything comes down and we get to the cross. Verse 6 says this, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words, notice that, I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Now, I just want to pause here. He's talking about the disciples specifically here in this passage. All mine are yours, talking about the disciples, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in him. But then we, and, and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. Now watch this. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, talking about Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Now, this part. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Okay, this is not what I was, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead, but anyway. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Now this is all about the disciples. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now this is about the rest of us. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that... The world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may perfectly be one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these, that you and, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, I've been really crazy on this Bible reading plan. Like, Tashani came up here and gave us some tips, 
and I've been a fiend. So I probably didn't need this whole entire passage here. Y'all forgive me for that. But what I wanted to highlight was this, that Jesus says that we should be one. So maybe you're looking at the Tower of Babel, how, well, wait a minute, God didn't, you know, and, and it says we, so actually we know that that's the Godhead, not, you know, looking at these people building this tower and they're saying, oh, we got to go and get them and confuse their speech. So why can't they be one? But then over here, Jesus wants us all to be one. I don't understand. Well, I'm so glad you asked because the reason that their oneness was frowned upon by God is because they were trying to make a name for themselves. It was their intention. It was their motive. And we even see this now. You know, we are meant to be one. We are meant to align ourselves around the word of God and, and just for the purposes that Jesus outlined in John um, 6 through 26, that we may show the love of God to all, that we, may, that we may reveal the oneness of Jesus and the Father, that we may reveal that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the whole point of us being one and saying the same thing. But when it's all about just building something so that you can make a name for yourself, then God is not down with that oneness. He's not down with them being one. So do you see the difference? Yeah. You see the difference? So it's important that the power of one is a principle no matter whether we're glorifying God or whether we are trying to glorify ourselves. So you will see people in, out here in this world being successful because, one, they're they all saying the same thing. You think about um, the companies that even I've worked for. I don't know if I get in trouble. I say this, but like, you think about Johnson & Johnson, the credo, right? You think about you know, everybody that has some kind of core values in their company. And when everybody aligns around that, that's success. There's success there. But that ain't glorifying God. But then over here... I have, this has been my observation in my few little years upon the earth and being in church and uh, among the people of God, is that we don't utilize, we don't make the most of the power of one. We are clueless about what it, because for one, we, we don't really understand. A lot of us are trying to use the principle even in church, but in this other context. And that's why you see some successful ministries and they ain't preaching squat. I'm sorry, they got core values that are the bomb. But they're not about, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be um, critical because I want to love them too. But it's really, if you dig deep, it's really not about loving God and doing anything for the kingdom of God. It's about making their names great. Can we talk about it? Can we even admit that we've been a part of that? I'm guilty. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. What we want to do, what God is saying with the Lord Jesus was praying to the Father. This was the, the prayer of the Lord Jesus to the Father for us, that we could be one. How? As he and the Father are one. How is that oneness expressed through Jesus and, and the Father? How was that oneness expressed? I, I'm going to open it up. Somebody can just tell me. Take a step at it. How, a step at it. How is that oneness expressed in Scripture? How do we know that they were one? He always spoke of the Father. What? He always he always spoke of the Father. That's, that's, that's that you're on the boulevard, but, but specifically, he always did what? He did his will. And what's his will? What's God's will? What's God's will? God's word. God's word. I heard it over here. Hey. He spoke the word so that what? Everything that, that he did so that what might be fulfilled? What was fulfilled through Jesus' ministry? Huh? Prophecy, yes. Prophecy is what? Gospel, word, scripture, right. 
So what we're seeing is that the father and Jesus were one because Jesus always said what he said. Jesus, the, the integrity of them, of their oneness was based upon Jesus reflecting who the father was, saying what the father said, fulfilling the scriptures. It was all based around the word. That's how we are one. That's how he wants us to be one. By saying what he said, by doing what he did, by, by doing what he says we can do. That's the power of one. Scripturally. I'm all about a good credo. I'm all about some good core values because I think that if you're going to do anything, everybody needs to be on the same page. So I'm not dismissing that, but I'm just saying that in the church of the living God, in the kingdom of God, we need to align ourselves. We need to be one with the word. We need to be one like Jesus and the father were one. We need to be fulfilling the word in our lives. And that's why this world looks at us like we're a big jerk, joke and jerks because we can't agree from denomination to denomination, from church to church. There's no oneness. And then there are people who really want to do right. I, I feel like KLM is one of those places we really want to do the right thing, amen? And then it's just like we're, we're all consistently battling these, these, these examples out here and other people lump us in as just another church doing this other stuff and ungodly stuff. And then the other side of that is, you know, we still need to love people even when they mess up. We still need to love other churches when they mess up. We need to have other. So, like, there's all of this stuff that, I mean, we can't do it unless we yield ourselves to the supernatural. And, yes, unless we yield ourselves to the work of God in our hearts, unless we store up God's word in our heart and some things begin to make sense. Not necessarily because we understand them intellectually, but because there's that convergence of faith and the spirit and the word at work. We need to be saying the same thing if we're going to display the oneness, if we're going to be one like Jesus prayed. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. If any prayer is going to come to pass, it's going to be the one Jesus prayed. Right? Yeah. Lord, if you said it, if you and the Father were one, then so will we be one. So will we. If you said that, so will I. I'm trying to get off that song. Don't get, don't get me started. I can keep going. So I want to look at another passage. They had everything in common is the section title in some um, translations. This is the ESV here. This is Acts 4, 32 through 37. They had everything in common. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Uh-oh. Okay, keep going. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Somebody say great grace. Great grace. Verse 34, there was not a needy person among them. Hallelujah. For as many as were owners, get this, of lands and or houses, plural, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. Come on now, don't leave, don't check out, don't check out, stay with us. And laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Then Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field 
that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Hmm. So in the first example, we saw Jesus praying to the Father about his disciples, his followers, the ones he walked with. Then he covers the rest of us who love him and believe him. So we saw first there that when we are not of the world, but are in his words and acting in his name, that it's not only okay for us to be one, but it's his great desire because it's what he asked the Father for. But we see something else here in Acts. We see something else here. What it means to be one people through these verses. When, look, and I want to take a departure. <laughs> and y'all stay with me. Don't get mad at me, right? Because when we know better, we do better, right? Don't get mad at me. But just consider this. The next time you see somebody throwing money at someone's feet, unless they sold a field and brought all the proceeds of that sale to the altar, it's not scriptural. Now, it's funny to think about it, but I'm serious about this. Now, listen, if you led to, if it's good preaching and you led to throw a dollar up here, I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm saying think about it. Because the whole reason that that practice exists because somebody misunderstood the scripture, minimized it, and we are not doing this, we're doing that. Amen. We see the sacrifice of a person with riches here that counts it not robbery to share with those who are less fortunate. And to do that, they put the money at the feet of the leaders to distribute as they see fit. So we're talking about this great grace here, this great trust. There's great trust. There's grace to give and there's grace to receive and there's grace to administrate because the people are one. I'm not saying if you're led to place money on the altar that that's error. But what I'm saying is that we need to know what the word says so that we can do that, not this. You know what I'm saying? God is not mad at you if you do that. And to the pure, all things are pure and all that. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure y'all understand what I'm saying, right? Y'all know what Courtney is saying, right? Because God at the end, the end is looking at your heart. It means the same thing to him, though, if you bring that money to the feet and lay it here while the person is preaching. And then if you put it in an offering envelope and just put it in a basket, it means the same thing. You were blessed and you want to be a blessing. I'm on a tangent. Let me get back on track. So the main idea of this passage is that when one people do life together in community, there is sharing of everything. As sisters and brothers in Christ, there's no lack for anyone. That's what this said. Why? Because all have the revelation of generosity and compassion for one another. And those who are generous are well supplied to give to others. Now, I'm not saying that the widow's penny is not as great a gift, but because that is significant. But that's more about, about that widow's trust in the Lord. This specific example, this specific way of giving is to make sure that there's no lack because the people are one. It's understanding that when you're going through and your house doesn't have what it needs, I'm going to donate you. I'm going to give you my car and let you borrow it for a month. <laughs> and my hope is that y'all didn't do that just because it was us, but that you would do it for anybody. That's what we want to get to. We bought a car yesterday, y'all. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. We were able to buy a car yesterday. It, I had a schedule. I had a plan. 
But those cars didn't obey. Those cars didn't obey, and that's why they go into somebody's scrapyard. They got traded in yesterday, both of them, because they didn't do right. Okay? They were supposed to last until February 15th, and they didn't do what they were supposed to do. But where there was lack, there was somebody who said, you know what? We got two cars. You can hold one of ours until you get that together. To God be the glory. It shouldn't be because it's Petey and Courtney, though. We're not going to get there overnight. But do y'all want to get there together? Yeah, we're looking out for the needs of each other. There's some needs here. I know there's some needs. But let me tell you the difference because I don't want anybody walking around in condemnation. These people selling fields and lands, they had it to do it. They had fields and lands. So they were able to spare one. Okay? What some people try to tell you is, oh, this is communism. Christians, you know, if you really do Christianity, then you communists because y'all all want the same thing. Nobody can be great. Everybody got to have the same thing. Shut up. You have no revelation. <laughs> the point is no one is supposed to lack. We're supposed to share everything. So if I have a hookup at Amazon and you need a job, you got one. Okay, if you, you know, even say, like, if I have an extra car and I'm not using it and it's not going to put us too much out of the way, you can have that until you get on your feet. You better not mess with it, though. You mess it up, you're going to pay to fix it. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, but for real, though. Or, Lord, let us be at this place where we got three cars. We got four cars. We don't need that. PD, come on, let's just give this car. Let's just give this car to Ashley. Honey, Elijah. Oh, yeah, well, she got a car, but I want her to, mm -mm, I want her to have this car. So when we talk about confessing toward being prosperous in this church, it's not for the sake of we just want to have what the Joneses have and we want to keep up and we want to be on Instagram stunting and going to Cancun taking pictures. No. We want to be able to share and be prosperous so that we can help somebody, not just give them a bag of food, but so they can have a little. Maybe you don't have as much as I have, but you know what? You're going to get as close as I can get you to it if I got it. If I'm wearing the best, you're going to wear the best. And I'm not talking about hand-me-downs. I'm not talking about going Marie Con and uh, um, Congo, whatever they I'm sorry. I watched it all. I can't remember her name. Condo. I'm not talking about going Marie Kondo and just going through and say, oh, this doesn't spark joy for me. Maybe it'll spark joy for you. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, oh, I'm here in Nordstrom. This look like some, this is like Monica. Let me get that because I know she needs a dress. I know JC wants to take her someplace special and maybe they spent all their money on the date. This is, she gonna look good in this. Here it is, girl. I took the tags off. I took the tags off, but here's the gift receipt. If you wanna take it back, get what you want. Get three dresses off clearance if you prefer to have that. Now, I mean, I, I, I went the way that seemed good to me. I don't wanna trivialize this. What I am saying is that the whole point about having enough to share is the sharing, not the stunting. Do y'all still say that? We used to say that when I was like y'all age. It's not about that. It's about everybody being in common. It's about if I invite you to lunch with me to the chart house that you don't feel out of place. We share all things in common. It's if I invite you to my house and you pull up and you're 98 Lumina and we all driving. You see what I'm saying? 
trying to help each other. We grow up together. We grow, we, we get it together. Amen. That's the power of one. It's not just about you. It's So what it all boils down to is that you're not just looking to your own interests. It's not just, I'm going to build this for me and PD and my babies, and we're going to have this. And I set this goal. And next year we're doing this. And we're going on vacation. We're doing this. No. It's not about just my house. Anytime I got a prayer and a petition in front of the Lord about something that I need him to do for me, I'm thinking about you. And it's not just my job because I'm his wife and a leader in this church. It's because we should all be thinking like that. I'm not fussing. I'm disgusting. I'm sorry. Think about this furlough that just ended. And how we could have been a blessing. And it's not because we didn't want to be a blessing. It's not because we don't want to. It's because... There's something, because we have great desire. There are givers in this church. Y'all are givers. Y'all love heart. And y'all love each other. But there's a disconnect somewhere because there's some stuff laid up for us that we haven't obtained. And how are we going to get it? Anybody got a guess? Get in the word. Yes. Speak those things that be not as though they were. Make him some confessions. You know what? As long as you're just still trying to, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Please, I'm, I'm sorry. Help me stop having sex outside of marriage. Help me stop, you know, fussing at my wife. Lord, help us to stop arguing. Help us to, you know, oh, Lord, I, my babies, get them out. You know, they sick. And as long as we're there and spending all our time there, we can't be over here being great for the kingdom and becoming one. I'm not diminishing. There's a need to pray and to get our lives together. If you in sin, if you fornicate and get your butt up here and talk to us and we're going to help you get free, I'm not making light of that. But what I am saying is that you wasted so much time sowing into your flesh that you can't be of any good in the kingdom like God wants to use you. You got them low prayers just trying to live right instead of those prayers that are going to help us be great and go from glory to glory. The fact that no one has lack here. People talk about being an Acts church. They just want to be speaking in tongues somewhere in an upper room, just them and the saints. And I'm not mad about that. Because, you know, I mean, hey, there's power there. But it's more than being an Acts church is more than just that. Looking at this early church and the stuff they were able to do in a time, they didn't have social media. They didn't could promote no posts and say, everybody meet us here. They were working hard to do kingdom work. They were committed to it. 50 people fitting in a house that was only built for 10 to get the word in them so they could go out and preach and minister and heal people, get people healed, get people set free, get people delivered. Well, that's just not cool to me. You know, I just want to come to church because I love the music and this and this and that. We're going to pray for you. Being a Christian is about more than that. We should be providing. For, we should be in common. We should have all things in common. We should be saying the same thing. Now, am I talking about we just need to have this, you know, one group think thing going on? I'm not talking about that. We all have something to contribute. That's why we're a body. That's, not, that's why we're not all a hand or a head. We all have something different to contribute to this body. 
So it's not meant for us to be, um, the oneness is not meant for us to be just like a um, little, you know, Stepford Christian um, church members. Yes, whatever you like, you know. We, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is that everybody is coming together in their own unique way, free to be who God created you to be, knowing that you are who God said you are, and we all are coming together to be who God said we should be for the glory of God. I wish, I, I, God, if I, next time, well, it won't be a next time, hopefully. This government will not be shut down again, and it won't be shut down that long. But if ever there's somebody that has need, Lord, Put it in my hands. Get me in a place where I need to be. Discipline me. Open my mind. Open my heart. I want to be the one to provide for the needs of my brothers and sisters so that they don't have to go and get on assistance. Ain't nothing wrong with assistance. If you got to go to the office, go. I don't care what the Republicans say. And I don't care what the Democrats say in glorified. I'm not here to, to represent blue or red. What I am here to represent is Christ. And I'm here to say that if I got it, you got it. And my prayer right now is, Lord, increase me, expand my territory so that I can be a blessing. And that is where believers need to live. That's the way our understanding needs to be. That's how we become, that's how we harness the power of one. If I had lands, and I could just go sell one and take care of a family in this church so that, Sharon, when you had them babies, you didn't have to worry about work could have, should have been the furthest thing from your mind. Angel, when the baby had to be in the hospital for weeks, it would have, provision would have been the farthest thing from you and Greg's mind. Cleve and Chris, when that baby had to be in that hospital all that time, you didn't even think about when she'd get to go back and get her hours in and get another shift. We could have done that right here, but I'm not looking back. Because a hundred billion failures disappear. Ah! Come on, somebody, come with me. Can you see it? What we're seeing here is that when we are all in the same mind and sharing all things in common, it is possible to meet each other's needs. Let's be one people. Okay, I'm getting long here. I'm sorry. Is this all right? Am I taking too long? I know it's already noon. We, sh we should be getting ready to get out of here by now, but I just want to take my time with this. There's some more I want to do. Are y'all okay? Yeah. Philippians 2 says this. Verse 2. Oh, wait. I had points. Sorry. <laughs> One people generously share all things in common, are compassionate, um, in one people, there's freedom, not bondage. So if you don't have it to give, it's not like you over here sweating, oh, I wish I could give. Hush. That's just that's one of them other low basic prayers. Get from over there. Don't make it about you. You make yourself available so that you can think beyond where you are so that God can speak to you on how you can be increased. Okay? It's freedom, not bondage. Have the mind of Christ. Have humility. So we skipped, we skipped over Philippians 2. I may not have put it in here. And we look to the interests of others. One people, one people looks to the interests of others. One people has the same mind. I'm, I'm, I'm going between, you know, there's some funny subject verb agreement going on here because when you're one, you're one, but then it's people, you know, I'm, I'm going to get off here. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Christ's example of humility. Ver okay. This is Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, look at that. Complete my joy by being of the same mind. I want to go back to this. 
If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, we have to care for each other. When we don't care for each other, we are not one people. If you can just be right here and be like, I don't care whether he live or die. That's not one people. That's holding us back. I don't care. I'm mad. I mean, now, look, we're going to have disagreements. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we got to come. Like I said, we're not about that whole step for church members thing. We, we're going to be real in here, right? We're going to be real because God already sees. God already knows, right? So, but what I am saying is that we are called to care about each other. We are called to be compassionate to one another and to be sympathetic. So when somebody has a death, we are all, you know, the whole weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So verse two, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count yourselves, or excuse me, count others more significant than yourselves. That doesn't mean that you don't count yourself at all, by the way. It just means that you look to the interests of others. That means that, in fact, I'm going to put a demand on somebody right now. You need to care more about yourself and even more about somebody else. Some of us try to get this done by not thinking about ourselves and then just like stomping and trampling over ourselves to take care of other people. That's out of order. Let each of you look not only to his own interests. In other words, look to your interests, too but also to the interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So there's some more power locked up in one people. And I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all roll with me because we still haven't gotten to the group confession. I promise you I'm going to connect all the dots. It's a straight up miracle for everybody to think the same way anywhere about anything. You get on social media, everybody got their own opinion. There's people be in comments tripping. <laughs> but especially in church, you get some church folks going on a good Instagram thread in the comments or in, on Facebook. That speech is not redeemed. The meditations are not pleasing. In any given assembly, there are folk who are at different levels and stages in their walk. Some who believe this, some who believe that. So this passage isn't necessarily talking about doctrine. It's talking about everybody having the humility of Christ to love one another and to look to each other's interests, not just our own. So when we look to each other's interests, we're not just looking at our personal needs and, and, and things like that. Well, like we discussed in Acts 4, you know, and help making sure we all are one. We're also taking the time to say, you know what, we can agree to disagree, but I want to understand why you feel that way. And I'm not going to be up in your face about it saying you're going to hell because you feel that way. You understand what I'm saying? We look to others' interests and the way that they think, and we don't send them to hell because they think differently from us. We're trying to love each other and seek understanding so that we can be one. At the end of the day, I have more understanding. I don't have to necessarily agree with you on that, but I, with respect, can listen and hear you and respond with respect because I'm looking to your interests. I don't want you to be offended. I want you to know I'm your sister. That's also looking to the interests of others. Don't be so, in, you know, in this, and we, we have a tendency historically as a church to do that. Sending people to hell, you know, all over these hot button topics. It's just heaven or hell, it's just black and white. We have 
a responsibility as the church not to agree with the gray areas, but to listen with compassion and take your mouth off of it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you when it's time to share a truth about something. Don't make it your point to take somebody and make them agree with you about something. You're not looking to their interests. You're looking to your own. Yes, yes. We are all self-centered by default. So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to, that, that, that was redeemed on the cross too though. So once we are born again, as we conform our hearts to his, we can do this. We can be this. Imagine a church where everybody's on the same page, humbling themselves to look to the needs of others rather than stay stuck on your own interests. That's why even though praise and worship is over and I know I got to preach, I don't care if I see this altar filling up because your needs matter more than my need to move on to the next portion of the service. The Holy Spirit is with me. He'll give me strength. I'm not falling out yet. Right. I did have some technical difficulties, but y'all forgave me. He's still with me. Imagine a church where everyone is on their same page. That's a church where God can truly be glorified. So I want to look here about connecting these dots. We're getting there. We're getting there. Let's go to verse 2 of Joshua. Because I'm not sure if people understand the context. Everybody talks about Rahab the prostitute. People who know that story. Those who don't know it, you're going to know it in a moment. So we see that in Joshua, Joshua got a word from God in the first portion, right? Um, either delivered from, through a prophet. Honey, do you think that that word was delivered through a prophet so it came straight from God to him? Okay, just like, because remember, Moses heard from God directly too, and Joshua was the new Moses. So that's how he was commissioned by God. Then he talked to his officers, his delegated authority, and said, hey, go get, you know, the nine and a half tribes ready that we're going to cross over. And then he went to the two and a half and said, yeah, you already at home, but you're going to help us cross over, right? And they're like, yep, we got you. Okay. So in chapter two, immediately after all that happened in chapter one, we just read earlier, verse, um, verse one of chapter two, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from, I'm not going to say that word in church, as spies, <laughs> saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. <gasps> they went, they just heard from God. And they went to the house of a prostitute? What's wrong with that? You know, that's how church people be. Okay, so, okay, verse 3. I'm sorry, in verse 2. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. So look, this was the catch, and it's still going on today. God bless them. Lord, we pray for the peace of Israel, peace of Jerusalem, rather. But God told them to go possess this land. What a re the reason why I was a little precarious is because there were people already living there that didn't want them to have it, and they didn't want to go nowhere, right, go anywhere. So the king of Jericho got some intel that these men have come in here to look and spy out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab. So he went to her, he sent a message to her saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for they will overtake you. But 
She had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Come on now, the prostitutes saw it. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Oh, but it's not just that. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. Understand something? That was 40 years ago. And the word is still out. Okay. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. As, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. The prostitute. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and will give me a sure sign. Somebody say sure sign. That you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to the death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Uh-oh, that's how, that's how it keeps happening, because I'm like, when it doesn't advance, I keep pushing. That's why I, the other thing was going. So I'm going to let it catch up. So we see that Joshua's camp was committed to Joshua, but first and foremost to God, right, in chapter 1. And we see that they had his back and were submitted to the word of God. But I want to highlight something else for you, church of the living God. Because the people of God believed the man of God, heeded the words and mission of their leader, their support and obedience to God's word enabled a prostitute to enter the family line of Jesus. If you don't believe me, let's keep looking at Rahab. Okay, that, that talks about what she did. Okay, go to the hill. We don't need all of that. I want to get to, um, I must put it in there twice. Look at this. Genealogy of who? The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram, or Ram, the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, or Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by who? Ruth's mother-in-law. <laughs> James, look at this. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way so they wouldn't be caught? One people glorifying God have the same mind to care for one another and do life together. Say what the leader is saying and follow suit with their actions. The power of one affects unbelievers and results in them believing, 
confessing and ultimately taking their place in the kingdom like Rahab took her place. So obviously we know that she did what she said and that those spies did what they said and they looked out for her and her people and she got herself in the lineage of Jesus because she believed that, oh, when she heard about the Red Sea, see, nobody knocked on her door and told her that Jesus is Lord, but she heard what God did. She was living in a land, in a faithless land full of people doing evil things and she wasn't the only one because she said when we heard what the Lord did with the Red Sea, we knew the Lord your God was such and such and such. So listen, when they were obedient to Joshua, that was a moment of providence for Rahab because she already believed. Now she had an opportunity to demonstrate her faith because the power of one was acknowledged because those people did what Joshua told them to do because they caught the vision. Yes, it's scary when God tells you to go possess something that belongs to somebody else. But you know what? If you're strong, if you're courageous, if you're obedient, it not only makes a way for you to have good success, but now this woman, these people are born again and set free. They got a benefit. They got a right to the tree of life too. So the takeaway is this, this one people piece. That saying what the leader is saying and following suit with a corresponding action that is what activates the power of one. And this is how we get here today to our declaration of faith. Hallelujah. Let's dive into the KLM declaration and let's break it down because I think that some of you need to understand some things about it. I'm not judging, but in times past, I've seen people go blank on certain parts of the declaration. Go ahead and be honest about it. Go ahead and be out. You have to, oh no, you don't have, okay, that's all right. Yo, y'all raise your hand. Y'all, you be like, I don't know about that. How is that possible? Oh, okay, when you say you go blank, what happens? What, what, what do you mean by it? What? What is it? What is, your mouth gets dry. Get some water, church. Bring some water with you. Get some water so you can get this out, this declaration out your mouth. Okay, so we haven't said it yet today. We're going to say it. I promise I'm going to get y'all out of here. I can't believe it's 1222. This is crazy. Okay, we haven't said it yet today. We're going to say it. But before we do, I want to invite a special guest to the platform. And if you need to bring another special guest with you, you can. Our own pastor, Dwayne Wright. Come on, give it up for the under-shepherd, the angel of this house, my priest, the priest of my home, the pastor of my church, the sugar and honey. Well, I don't do sugar anymore, but he's all of that. Mm-hmm. So, honey, I'm going to interview him. I'm getting my Oprah on. Y'all pardon me. I always want to do this. I always want to do this. Honey, tell us about why we are now making this declaration every Sunday as a church. How did this begin, and why is it necessary? Well, confession is, has always been a part of my life. Um, I think before John 3.16, um, my mom taught me 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes I'm healed. Amen. And I had some problems, you know, with sinuses and different things um, growing up. And so she always spoke the word of God. So that just, the reason why you're married to me today is because of my confession. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm after, telling you, that's it. Cause. After, I, <laughs> after I met Courtney... Um, I, I told uh, one of my best friends, and I said, 
I found my wife. He's like, I heard this before. I said, no, I found my wife. God has given me favor. I declare that I have favor. Now, I didn't go around claiming her, but I simply just said I have favor. <laughs> I have favor. And so, um, and then, um, yeah. And so, confession has always been a part, but at the time when the Lord graced me to be the lead pastor here, I actually pulled back from confession. And I don't know if you remember this, Cleveland, but I said to you, you remember this? I set you and, um, and his wife, um, Christina, down, and I said, I'm not saying anything else. I'm not confessing mm-hmm. the growth of the church. I don't know. It was at the library. But, but that's how we grew the youth ministry. When I took over the youth ministry, it was about 25 kids. At where? At Agape Family Worship Center in Rawway, and it grew to about 350 to 400 on a period of 10 years, and that's because I, I began to declare and, and at the time, I was just, I was just frustrated because the church wasn't growing. So I set them down. They weren't even married yet. And I was just like, I'm not going to sp- confess nothing. And then on October the 4th, 2015, up in Rhode Island, while I was preaching, working at Enterprise and RCBC, which is Rowan College in Berlin County, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was preparing to preach. I said, let me get up and pray in tongues a little bit. It was about 7.30. Courtney was in the room, in a, in a um, bathroom doing her hair and, or makeup. And I, I was sitting down, just go to pray in the, in the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit gave me a tongue and interpretation. And I have, had a dialogue with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, get back in faith. So up to about that four or five year period, I, 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 was, I was using my faith, but I hadn't really taught it here at KLM. And so... At that moment, I pulled out my cassettes and my CDs, and I began to go back and feed my faith like I once did that laid the foundation. And then I realized we were doing the creeds every day, every week here, the Nicene Creed, the Apostle Creeds, and those things are good and those things are important. Um, but I kind of what I kind of start sensing is the, the deadness of as old as those creeds were, the deadness of that was entering into our church. Mm. And I felt like Jesus. as we declared, you know, what we believe, but because it was coming from a different place, life was not there. And I said, well, I need to put together a declaration of things that we're believing for as a church. And that's how this came about. Amen. Ain't that good? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I knew some, I knew a lot of it, but wow. So, honey, let's take a look at the model that we saw in Joshua today. In verses 1 through 9, we saw that God commissioned Joshua to this work. What has God commissioned you to do as our pastor? Is to lead the people of God that God has assigned here from spiritual, mature, uh, spiritual infancy into spiritual maturity, to causing them to grow in the things of God. But part of that is living out the kingdom, connecting work, to the gospel or the gospel to work, connecting marriage, connecting singleness, parenting, connecting finances, connecting health, and really looking at how do we become a New Testament spirit-filled church, a church that is God-centered, Christ-exalting, and spirit-filled and spirit-led. Not Sometimes when people think about being spirit-filled or spirit-led, they look at um, flakiness and Everybody always got a word, but having a balance of being rooted in the gospel and allowing that gospel to um, 
control or dominate or influence every area of their lives. So really look and say, how do we really become a, 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 a real Christian? How do we live what we say we believe? And so when I think about KLM, I think about knowing God, the pursuit of God, and then turn around allowing that knowing or the pursuit of knowing God into loving people both inside of KLM and outside, whether it doesn't matter if they're black, white, or Hispanic, or Indian, or gay, or, or straight, or, I mean, it's just loving people, really loving people. And loving them to a point where, where you getting to the, get in their life, you have a report, you can speak the truth. But sometimes we, as a church, overall, we have gone the route of speaking the truth without even having a door into their lives. And so doing that and then turn around um, and making disciples, becoming a disciple, and then turn around and not just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but making others disciples. <laughs> Almost every job that I ever worked at outside of the local assembly, even within the local assembly, I always led someone to Christ in my employment. And, and really becoming, um, everybody's not called to be an evangelist, but doing the work of evangelist wherever you are, bringing the kingdom to the school system, to the, into the, the courtroom, into the, the hospital, whatever area that God has called you to, be, being an influence for the kingdom, and you're leading, and, you know, I can imagine Christina in the hospital, and she's praying in tongues, yeah. and she's praying for the doctor or the surgeon, and asking for wisdom for them, praying in tongues as, as Tashandi and Nakia are in the school system, they're praying in the spirit, and asking God for wisdom how can I influence I may not be able to preach like I want to but they can inquire of the hope that I have so that's what I see KLM growing growing spiritually and growing to the place where it's impacting everyone's world everyone's world amen come somebody say kingdom influencer that's what we're trying to develop here king so that you live the kingdom and that you influence others to not only want to live the kingdom and be a part of the kingdom but to keep replicating that same thing over and over again that's what he's commissioned us to do that's our joshua right here okay in verses 10 and 11, Joshua commands his officers in light of his commission from the Lord. He gives them the tactical plan to tell the people what to do, round them up. He delegates that authority. What should KLM's ministers know about this declaration of faith? What is our part? Is, is number one, believe it. <laughs> I think some may struggle with the whole confession, but if you don't even like the word confession, just move that and say what God says. Because that the, the confession or declaration is Filled with scriptures. It doesn't say uh, in Acts 1-8, mm-hmm. but, but it's, it's there. And, and I think that if you, as you study the scriptures, as you know the scriptures, the ministers should understand that though we're not feeding the poor right now, that's, the, that's, a, that's a faith goal. Um, though, though we're not doubling our salary right now, the, the goal of dub, having everybody's salary double every year, think about it. So if you make 40000 this year, next year it should be 80000 And the following year. Yeah. And, and I'm going to help somebody right now. I'm going to help somebody right now. Cause I, you, but that's all right because we I in the spirit. Ahead. No, that's all right. No, no, no. We're going we gonna to stay right here. We're going to stay right here. So listen, take the shackles off your mind. Of course. I'm, I'm just using the folks I know as example. Ashley, it just is what it is. You're not going to make $80,000 doing what you do right now. 
But ain't nothing stopping you from listening to the Holy Spirit. When he said, pick up that book, I want you to learn real estate. Tashandi and Sharon just got their licenses. I want you to invest 5% of that 40 they giving you. And it might be $80,000 the year after that. Combined with what you get when you move from that job to the next job after you graduate. Take the shackles off your mind. Doubling your salary doesn't mean it's coming from one place. Somebody say multiple streams of income. Multiple Come on. streams Somebody of income. say a million dollars a in million sales dollars. for January, baby. Come on, somebody. When you got a million dollars in sales, yes, your salary's going to double next year. Yes, when you sell that first house, when you sell that six-figure house, and you get your commission, and you do it three or once a quarter, yeah, you're going to double your salary. Take the shackles off your mind. And guess what? When we talk about the power of one, it doesn't have to happen for every individual. It can happen all through the house. Because when we're sharing and having all things in common, when mine doubles, yours doubles too. Take the shackles off of our minds. Oh, Lord, let us see. Let us see. Because we are on the brink of something in this church. We're on the brink of something in this church and our finite wisdom and our capacity when it is limited allows us to get in doubt. But we're going to come and we're going to leave that place. We're going to cross over the Jordan of our finite minds and we're going to go into the promised land and we're going to possess it. Amen. Amen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm still getting used to that because I don't really, I'm not a preacher, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Let the spirit oh, lead you. It's <laughs> hot. I don't do that. Wait. Okay, so, all right. Is that what it's like? Is that what like? What you mean? Oh, goodness. Welcome Christ. to Is my that, world. Woo, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Finally, honey. In verses 12 through 15, Joshua addresses a special group of people, the two and a half who Moses had agreed could settle west of the Jordan. In other words, they were already home, and crossing Jordan was not easy because th this is the miracle of it. This was a, a people who had a history of being disobedient, which is why they were stuck out there for 40 years in the first place, which is why a whole generation missed the promised land. So it was a miracle that these people said yes to Joshua when they hadn't said yes to Moses. Right? So what could our church take away from that passage? You know, in light of other passages we've gone over today, what it means to be one people. What does it mean for KLM to be one people? Uh, first is saying the same things. Mm -hmm. So even like in the declaration, we're going to say that even if we don't see it. Because if you say something long enough, you'll eventually see it. God didn't see the creation first. Mm. He did with the, the vision. He had a vision board in his heart. Hey, glory. Come on. But he said it. And then after he said it, then he it manifested. And so I, I believe that um, what, we, what we can get is, is saying the same things. So even in the midst of uh, famine, you're saying prosperity. In the midst of sickness, you're saying health. We're not denying the facts of being sick. We're denying its ability to have a hold of, on us. Amen. And say that again. It's, it's not denying facts. But believing the truth. Amen. So sometimes people, when they hear confession, uh, speaking the word, they feel like it's coming from a place of, of dishonesty and not being real. Well, it's being real Christian to say what you don't see. Because I don't see God, but I believe in him. I don't see the Holy Spirit, but I believe in him. I don't see heaven. I haven't had the vision of going to heaven, but I believe there is a heaven. Um, and so 
Um, the first thing, as a people, we can start saying the same things. We can actually say. And then two is look for opportunities. What, what has been declared here or throughout time is put into practice what you believe. And I think that that makes us one. I mean, to really be a functional member is you're saying it and then you're living it out. You know, and, and, and I'm telling you, when I was a youth pastor, Pastor Lawrence Powell, under Pastor Lawrence Powell, I... Every, before I became youth pastor, before I became a minister, I took, at that time was cassettes, and then they got delivered from that to go to um, CDs. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I would buy the cassettes every single week, and I studied what the man was preaching. One of the things, the common trait of Pastor Lawrence Powell was that he always made reference to the garage. What happened in the garage, in the vision? And so I, I studied it. And then when he called me up to preach, I didn't preach anything that, wasn't out of, that was out of sync of what he was preaching. I picked up. I went back two weeks before, studied it. And then when I preached my message, the message that God has given me, I tied it with what he had already been saying. Uh, and so as a, as, a, as a member, you go back and listen to the SoundClouds mm -hmm. or the Google Play or the iTunes or the Spotify, and you, you feed on that. What, what, is, what is God saying to our what, what are the messages over time? And then, so we say it, we, we live it out, we hear in the sermon. We re, I mean, it's not enough. You don't really remember what you've heard. So you go back and you rehearse it, listen to it over and over and over and over and over, and you get that word in your heart. Um, another thing is to show up for church, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, uh, to be faithful in attendance, but then also be faithful with tithes and offering, also be faithful in involvement. Right now, we, we have a shortage of teachers in the children's ministry. Uh, and so stepping up where there's need, maybe you're not called to do that right now, but, but I'm going to meet the need. I'm going to make sure that there's no lack and, and as far as any area, um, being um, proactive, inviting people to church. Uh, if, if you believe your church is a good church, why not invite? One church I was a part of at the, um, in Oklahoma, I, 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 I packed my car up and brought people. I mean, I, I literally was trying to fill that church with people. And, and, and every church that I've been a part of, I've always brought somebody to the church. I mean, before God ever called me to be a pastor, I was bringing people to church. Well, at, at Agape, I was driving my aunt from South Jersey to Agape every week. I mean, every week, sometimes two or three times a week. I'm always looking for opportunity to spread the word. Check out the link. Come to the church. Come and be a part of it. And then I was, I was witnessing to people. So not only was I leading them to my church, but I was first and foremost leading them to Christ. Mm -hmm. And then if they didn't want to come to my church, I found a church for them. So, so that's what the ministry. Members should be doing actively um, being faithful in the kingdom and not just, oh, let me just come to church and do my duties and that's it, but also praying for the church. Um, the church needs prayer, so pray. Pray. If you disagree with, I mean, just praying in the spirit and praying out the will of God for the church. And then come to prayer meetings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just a, a few things. Just a few things. But you know what? It's interesting because as I hear you speak, I, I can't, I can't not think of 
the scriptures that we talked about looking to the interests of others. So that being one people, it looks to the interests every, in, in every way of the people of our church because we are the church, but also to the actual, the church itself, yes. the governance of the church That's and right. the needs of the church and the ministry needs. We are All, one we of are many. We are one of many. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we are one of many. And then, and also, I forgot to say this, being one is, if somebody is not here, calling on them. Um, if someone has, has a baby, we, we have a, we, we a church where people get pregnant at our church. Oh Jesus. <laughs> not no more. <laughs> not devil. this one. Uh, uh, so, um, <laughs> so what we do is we should call. <laughs> we should call. I have what I say. And I have what I say too. But we should call. <laughs> we should call other members, and we should go check on them. And somebody have a baby, go feed them. You know, clean up the house. Um, the Tucker's about to have a baby. Drive out to Easton, make a weekend out of it. You know, maybe they don't want you to stay, but just you know, get a little hotel or something. We got hookups. <laughs> we got hookups. Yeah, and so just kind of go and and be a blessing. Somebody, somebody die, and somebody, somebody's member, family member dies. Go and support and be there. Let them cry. Let them scream in your ear. I mean, whatever they need. And I think that's part of being one. If they're not in a church, call them. Hey, what's up? What you doing? Why you ain't been in church the last two weeks? Mm -hmm. Call them on the carpet. Somebody's in and and really in sin. Call them out on it in a loving way. You know, mm -hmm. speak the truth in love. Amen. Amen. So is there anything else that you want to say, Pastor, homie, lover, friend, um, before we get started with the confession? Is there anything else that you would like to say? Um, confession is extremely important to me and to first and foremost to God. And and um, I had recently I had Brian there talk to my aunt who saw me make confessions and see the manifestations of those confessions. This Speaking the word of God really works. Mm -hmm. The reason why you're here is because of the confessions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 it, I'm telling you, what do I do every time I'm changing Declan's diaper? You confess about, you know, the, the, the allergy diagnoses and about his skin and all those things. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so <laughs> I'm telling you, it really works. And it, what Lady Courtney says, confession is saying it all the time. When you're in the hospital, you go, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Okay. But what are you saying when you're healthy? Hmm. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I thank you that I'm loose from every infirmity. And we talk about that whole conviction piece. So you can't take, you know, whatever they've eaten out here, Big Mac-ish, Big Whopper-ish, by Jesus' Quarter stripes, pounds. I'm healed. <laughs> right. Don't line up. Conviction hits you right now. Get out of there. Get out of that line. I'm trying to get out of debt, and then you're charging up your credit Whoop. cards. Mm -hmm. I call myself debt-free. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of poverty. But yet your actions are displaying your real faith. All right, that's it. Yeah, so, okay. So we're going to get started. So we're going to make this confession. Oh, Courtney's cool. Hey, hey, I like that. I like that. You, you, you good. You good. You good. That's it. That's it, honey? Okay, so we're going to make this church declaration together. And I want you to think about these things that we've talked about. Let's be one people of one mind. And even if we don't agree, let's look to the interests. Let's look to others' interests as well as our own. Let's not, you know. So the way that you can look to your interests in this, if this is hard for you to digest, if this is like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, I know, but... You know, let's keep working on it again. Let's keep, keep talking about it. If somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I, I heard these messages that Courtney spoke about these past three weeks and, and what PD said, and it was good, it was cute, but I just don't. 
you know, let somebody talk to you about it. And, and, and as a community, let's talk through these things and work through them. But don't shut anybody down just because they're not up on it yet. They will be. We will be one people. We're going to get there together. We're going to get there by not leaving anyone behind. Amen. All right. Okay, so let's expand our minds. Let's think about more than just the, you know, our own context. It's impossible for me to double my salary. I don't, I don't believe this. No, we are one. We're going to do this together. All right, you stand to your feet. We're going to make this confession with understanding. I believe that there will be fruit from the confession that's made today because somebody, even if it's just one person, got a revelation about this thing that they didn't have before. And we're going to speak those things that be not as though they were, meaning as though they have already been in Jesus' name to the glory of God. So let's go. Well, actually, you know what? This your stick. You come on up here. <laughs> this is your thing. You do it so well. I'm going to sit down because I've been up here long enough. Nakia is going to lead us in the church declaration. And we're going to mean it. And we're going to say it like we mean it. Amen. 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 All right, Kingdom Living Ministries. Here we go. We, the body of believers at Kingdom Living Ministries, enforce God's original plans and purposes in our lives. And in the life of this ministry, wait a minute. We are a supernatural people who serve a supernatural God. We experience miracles daily. We operate in the gifts of the Spirit and we do the works of Jesus everywhere we go. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, a holy nation, and we have what we say. We are doers of the word of God and not just hearers only. We are what the word of God says we are, more than conquerors. We have what the word of God says we have, the whole earth and all that dwells therein. We can do what the word of God says we can do, all things through Christ, because we believe, and all things are possible to us. We hold fast to our confession of faith, and we do not waver, faint, lose heart, or give up. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Guilt, shame, and condemnation have no place in our lives. We are God's chosen generation, his royal priesthood, and we are reigning by God's grace and wisdom as kings in the earth. We are accepted in the beloved, and nothing can separate us from his love. We are sanctified, consecrated, and separated from the world. We are healed with the stripes of Jesus. Jehovah Rapha has taken sickness, disease from us. We have sound minds and bodies. You satisfy our mouths with good things, and our youth is renewed like the eagles. We wait upon the Lord, and you renew our strength. We run and do not grow weary. We walk and do not faint. We are loosed from every infirmity by the resurrection healing power of God, which flows through our bodies, the temples of the Holy Ghost. We are redeemed from debt, poverty, lack, and the curse. God has blessed every household of this church and every partner of this ministry, and we are living under an open heaven. The blessing of the Lord makes us rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. We are increasing more and more, and wealth and riches are in our house. 
We are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower. We are sowing bountifully and reaping a bountiful harvest on every seed sown. We pray our entire church family has a minimum double their salary from last year. All debts are paid in full and we enjoy 100% employment. We have strong marriages and families knitted together in love and rooted in the word of God. Wives are submitting to their own husbands as unto the Lord and husbands love their wives as Christ loves the church. Our children serve the Lord with gladness. We plead the blood of Jesus over our children. Our youth fear the Lord and obey and honor their parents. We give no place to the devil in our families. We speak life, love, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost over our households. This church is prospering at everything we set our hands to. We are accomplishing good works and command kingdom finances and all of heaven and earth's resources reserved for us to come forth now without delay. We call in everything prepared for us before the foundations of the world, everything that pertains to life and godliness and to the life of this ministry for this purpose and season. We command the wealth of the wicked, the treasures of darkness, and the hidden riches of secret places to come to us now. The word of God is prevailing in every area of our lives. We are born of incorruptible seed, and the word is producing 100-fold. We are overcomers, and our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our church is growing exponentially. People are saved, filled, and healed every service. We are a soul-winning church. We are a disciple-making church. When people come to our church, chains are broken over their lives, and the power of God sets them free. We call people into this ministry from the east, west, north, and south of New Jersey, surrounding states, and the world to come and hear the word of God weekly. We call members in from the four corners of the earth to come and be a part of this growing ministry. The Lord is adding single men, women, and families to our church weekly. We are outgrowing this present building. The Lord is blessing us with buildings and land. Every service is packed to overflowing with hungry people for God. We call in faithful members who are engaged in the life of this ministry. We are feeding the poor and empowering people to become faithful followers of Christ and productive citizens. The word of God is preached every Sunday with clarity and power. The power of God is always present at our services. Lives are eternally changed by the word and power of God every single service. We are making an eternal impact that cannot be erased in this world. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We have what we say. You can take your seats. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And if you would like to have a printed copy or electronic copy of this confession, we will email it to you or print it out for you for next week. We'll put it up on the website, somebody said. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So praise God. I'm telling you, there is power in our confession. I'm telling you, God speaking God's word. And this is something that I'm not just, we're not just preaching what we think that works, but it really works. Just speaking God's word. All right. Um, at, that, at that time, at this time, let's. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.